Harden's standoff with Maury continues. Paul Pierce continues to challenge Skip Bayless for the absolute worst takes, and Draymond is now beefing with other members of the pool party. I'm Sammy Neighbor. Welcome to the Clinic All NBA podcast. I'm joined by my two hooligans, JJ. How you living? Woo! I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. What about you guys? She knows she loved Jay because. I'm doing well, man. John, how are you? I cannot complain. It's been hot, but let's go. Let's talk basketball. All right, man. That definitely has been hot for damn sure. But let's get into it. So let's start off. The James Harden trade demand saga is continuing. And now we've got various social media takes. Let's start with one from Austin Rivers on his podcast Off Guard with the Ringer. He did not hold back. We're saying he's not a fan of stars demanding trades the way that Harden and Lillard have. So he said, and I quote, regardless of how good you are as a player, the NBA is is not a right, it's a privilege. If you're a free agent, you can choose where you're gonna go. That's the business. But when you're not and you sign a deal, that's also part of the business. If you get traded somewhere, you gotta go play. If you're a free agent, you could choose it. But this started with James and Ben and all these guys doing this stuff, it's bad for the league. So he already called Harden out once. And along these lines, Harden did not show up to Joel Embiid's wedding. He instead went out for burgers and drinks, apparently. <laughs> loyal, <You're> loyal. And, uh, <laughs> and then he continued with an IG post and a story saying, quote, being comfortable for so long, it's time to get uncomfortable. And then did the new star move of taking all of his stuff, all of his Philadelphia-related items off his social media account to show that he really means business. You loyal. So, do we think this is going to go down, basically, and get completed? With the background of knowing how Daryl Morey held out with what he got, waiting until he got what he wanted for Ben Simmons. So, let's start with Harden specifically. How does this end? You guys tell me. I think they do have to trade him, no? Just because you want to trade while you can, while the asset has some value. And you have him on a one-year one deal. You run the chance of him coming into camp, not conditioned, which puts the whole team in jeopardy. So part of me is thinking, he doesn't want to be there we might as those Sixers might as well get something in return, but I hate these like ransoms. Like, I hate to say it, John, but Austin Rivers, I, I agree he with him. He has a point. He, yes, he, he does, does point right. And yes, um, to, unfortunately, to be, <laughs> unfortunately, he's right. Yeah. Um, some people are arguing that James Harden and Ben Simmons started doing this. I mean, trade request has always been in the part of Major League Sports. Like, we could run down the list with Melo. That didn't end well. Um, KD did it uh, last last season. I'm always in the thinking of a man or woman is only as good as their word. Some part of that. I don't know, John. What do you think? Do they need to trade Mr. Harden over here before he eats yes. monsters on the horizon? Yeah, for every burger that he eats, his value is going to decrease significantly, <laughs> exponentially. So the sooner the better. They're on the clock here, Philadelphia, but 
I mean, I agree with you. I, I think here's the thing, right? Is that it, it's just so frequent now and it's just a part of it's the norm. It's no longer the exception. I think there were when you look back at history, I mean, when you look back, Kobe requested a trade from the Lakers, but if you looked at the team that he was playing with and the and the pieces that were around him and he was in his prime, he kind of had a point, right? They were kind of, they said they were going to build a contender around him. They eventually did. He was patient, so it paid off. But like you said, Kevin Durant did it. I mean, stars do it all the time, but I feel like it just, even the smallest roadblock, right, or the smallest hurdle that appears, people, they're going to request a trade immediately. I mean, the 76ers have the talent to win the championship, right? James Harden, if you put in the right pieces, maybe get a different coach, I know. Everyone loves the 15th greatest coach of all time, <laughs> whatever it is. But it's not as if the Sixers are a terrible team and James Harden is the guy putting up 60 points a game and they're just losing. They have like a 13-win record. They don't. They have a great team. And so that's the issue that I see here is that you're just you're finding things to nitpick about. You don't like the city for whatever reason or you had an argument, you had one argument with... Daryl Morey or whatever it may be, right? It's like, it's just becoming ridiculous to me. And I, I fully agree with you. And it kind of makes me angry because two, one, Austin Rivers, I'm agreeing with him, which I don't like doing ever. <laughs> and two, like it, it, it just makes, it just makes the NBA just seem so weak, right? It does. Like it, uh, I don't know, man. I wanted to ask both of you, do you think that we're giving James Harden a hard time because he did just sign the Max. Um, or not he, him, but Lillard, but Dame. Okay. Um, Does Dame, should Dame get some, some criticism because he signed the Super Max and then after a year, he's requesting a trade. Is he doing Portland dirty? My, my issue with Dame is not just that he's asking for the trade, but that he's specific that it's one team. He's not letting Portland have something of an open market, because if this was just, I'm ready for a new start, and even if he gave him a list, let's say without it leaking, he gave him a list of six teams, the return would probably be pretty massive. But the problem is his agent is literally calling other teams and saying, do not trade for him. He does not want to play for you. And he is holding the team hostage at this point. That, I think, is the biggest problem with how he approached this. So you you want to talk about loyalty over and over while you're signing these 50 and $60 million contracts. And I am all four players maximizing their dollar value. They should do it. But how loyal is it to not ask for the trade? I don't even mind that but specifically try to drive it to one team and completely limit the leverage on the franchise that you've been loyal to for so long. That's my issue there. John, what do you Agreed. think? Agreed. 100%. It's 100% agree with you. I think that's also my issue with just making these things so public, right? To begin with. Not mm -hmm. obviously what you said is, is a huge uh, implication for it where, where you can say, okay, I'm only going to play for this team. Obviously, you're stranglehold to that particular team and you're only going to be able to do business with that particular team, killing all of your leverage as the trading team. But to begin with, I mean, even if this becomes public, which, I, you know, in today's day and age with social media and the technology, it's hard to keep things under wraps. But 
don't tell me it's impossible. I mean, the Golden State Warriors kept the reason why Andrew Wiggins was away from the team for so long. They kept that under wraps. So if you can keep something like that, and I get that's way more severe and more serious, right? In, in retrospect, but like you can keep things under wraps and there's always like, to me, it just so, I feel best so bad for the team. Like you said, Sam, because it kills all their leverage. And it ends up being a lopsided trade in favor of the team who's, who's you know, who that the player wants to go to. So I agree with you 100%, man. Yeah. Oh. So let me, let me switch this back for a split second to Harden. So to follow up on that, Harden's kind of doing the same thing to Philly, although with him, clearly he's not going to have the trade value Dame has. I think we can all agree on that. But let's, let's take a step forward here. Let's say he does end up with the Clippers. The rumored return right now is something along the lines of, let's call it Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, and a first round pick. It's something along those lines. That's that's the rumor. If that's the trade that goes through, wow. Tyrese Maxey is a, a pending free agent. I believe he's restricted, so they'll still have some leverage there, but they're saying they're not gonna extend him yet. All this that's going on in Philly is Joel Embiid on the team at this time next year if they trade Harden for that return. Wow. Well, if the Sixers somehow get Marcus Morris as an addition, I guarantee you Joel Embiid will not be on the 76ers <laughs> next year. Hell no. Go ahead, JJ. I'm going to say no, John. I don't think he'll be on the team. You think he's going to ask out next? I think he's going to ask out next. He hinted it last mm -hmm. week that he wants to play for he wants a to title wherever. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's like kind of saying... I just want to be happy when you're with a relationship with someone. Mm -hmm. Why would you even say that? Right. And there's a lot of smoke already out there that the Knicks are keeping a very long eye on the situation and are ready to make a move if he asks out. So we'll see what happens there. So my last follow up to this what? is kind of on a higher level with the league as a whole. I think what's been identified as the, one of the biggest issues with the league right now is Player empowerment is fine, but it feels like it's gone to the point where if you're signing a max, like we all just said, Kevin Durant just did this, Lillard did it. They're signing the max and they're asking out a year or two later. That's clearly a problem in the league. Do we have any suggestions, any thoughts of how the league rectifies this issue or at least gets it a little more under control where players aren't asking out immediately after signing a new contract. And JJ, you not do you have any you have any idea in mind? Anything that you would potentially build in? Yeah, man. So I have three ideas to run off you guys, run by you guys. Mm -hmm. One is if you run this if you do sign the super max, there should be a clause that you cannot request a trade within the first two years of signing. Okay? okay, I like that. And then there is no trade clause within that contract too. Now this this is where I think uh, the union might agree to my suggestion is, what if they do ask at year three or four for a trade, John and Sammy, but if they did sign the super max, they have to go to the traditional max and what that projection would be. So instead of what was, what is it like a 10 to 25% pay jump? Something, it goes back. Something like that. 
to how you would sign to a new team versus a super max with the team you're supposed to be loyal to. So, so for example, like a reverse trade kicker. Yes. Mm-hmm. So if Dame were to, since Dame just signed the super max, what last year, last season? I think so. He wouldn't be able to sign it till next season. And if he did get traded, he wouldn't have that extra, what, 30 to 50 million that's on top of his contract. I like it. I think that I think you you hit the nail on the head with the players union having obviously a, some concerns. Um, I really like the idea that you said about two year, basically a two year no trade clause going both ways. Team can't trade the player. Player can't. Uh, player can't ask out. It basically just shuts it down that you're committed for at least a couple years. So, John, what do you think? Yeah, I don't. That's a tough one. I do like the two-year minimum. I think that would be a good clause to have. I don't think, again, but like, I don't, I just don't know how they would be able to reinforce that. Like the player would still have to sign the contract, right? And that, that may deter some of these players from doing so, especially the high profile players that could get a contract elsewhere. Like it would be, you know what I mean? Like teams would, it would be, I don't know if teams have the leverage to say, okay, well then, unless the NBA implemented that rule. Is that no, what you're th- there would be an NBA implemented rule, right, JJ? Is that okay. what you're saying? Like supermax, automatic, any supermax contract oh, okay. includes gotcha. a two-year no movement. Okay, essentially. then I like that. I like that. I mean, players would complain, of course, but you know what? I think in order to keep them on a team for a certain period of time, but then you have the issue of like disgrunt- potentially disgruntled players, right? Or players that are unhappy and you can't force them to perform on the court or play to their maximum effort, which is like another, it's BS to me, but I, I could foresee that happening. I, I don't know, man. I feel like instead of decentivizing these players, there should be something to incentivize them to stay on their current team when they sign a Supermax. Now, I don't know what that would be. That's just my thought. I feel like doing the opposite may be more detrimental, but that's just me. Well, you know, it's funny you say that because I agree with you there. And when not the current CBA that just got signed, the one before that, that introduced the Supermax came in, that's what the Supermax was supposed to be. It was supposed to be incentive for players to stay with their teams because they got more money until they turned around and started signing and then asking out anyway. <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> right. a lot of players have that. done that. Yeah, uh, because I'm with you. I'd rather, I don't mind player movement. It obviously makes the offseason fun. The NBA has among the most active offseasons of any sports now, but it just feels too extreme at this point. Like you never know who's gonna be on the same team a year or two later outside of a few examples. And yeah, I'm, I'm curious to see. I don't think this was addressed in the new CBA at all. So, but it's clearly a problem. It's being talked about now. So I guess we'll see what happens. But CJ McCollum, I think we need to have some shots at him because he's head of the players union and the new CBA. Everyone has been complaining about it. And dude, you're supposed to be Steve Urkel. And that's the best that you could come up with. Everyone's complaining about the CBA. Come on, man. Get your stuff together, Urkel. Stefan or Cal. Shots fired. Shout out to the the 90s kids that watched uh, Family Matters. TGIF. And with that, we will move to our next topic. 
Can I do that? <laughs> With that, <laughs> Paul Pierce and Dwayne Wade, the saga has come back. And when I say the saga, it's Paul Pierce talking again. He appeared on Cameron and Mace's It Is What It Is talk show recently and said, quote, put Shaq on my team, put LeBron and Bosh with me. I'm not going to win one. Put me, LeBrosh, me, LeBron and Bosh. We're not going to win a couple. And then he tweeted a very, very long single sentence and said I that like he wasn't Will. trying to disrespect Wade, but that he said that the narrative surrounding me would be different if I was lucky enough to play all, with Alzheimer's early in my career. So, just to go from the top on here, let, let's go with a very basic, basic question. Paul Pierce or Dwayne Wade? Who in your eyes is the better player? John, I'll start with you here. I like turtle. I, I'm trying to figure out which soundboard cue JJ <laughs> should play right now to to express how I'm feeling because I think I think everyone knows the answer to this question. That's why I asked you first. <laughs> Paul Pierce, obviously. No, I mean, of course it's Dwayne Wade. This is that's a joke. Right? Am I right? Come on. I'm right. Everybody knows I'm right. I think you're right. I, yes. I, I would agree on this Dwayne one. Wade. And it's just, I know that there's some context around this, but you know, KG and Ray Allen weren't bad. And I know you didn't have them earlier in your career, but just, it, uh, I, JJ, what, what do you have to say about this? I just, I think that there's a reason that Paul Pierce is not on ESPN anymore. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. I have a couple questions, but... If I'm not mistaken, didn't this Celtics team with KG and Ray Allen get beat by a Cavs team with LeBron and company? And that Cavs team was a G League team? JJ says LeBron and company because he doesn't know a single other player <laughs> outside of LeBron. <laughs> when you have Eric Snow as your My second My man Eric Snow, player, that's right, yeah. <laughs> And you was Aaron the McKee Celtics? on that team? No, that that was the that was the Sixers. That was the Sixers with AI. <laughs> yeah, the Sixers with AI. Yeah. So, to re in response to Paul Pierce, don't make any excuses. You had a super stack Celtics team, and you had a young LeBron without any help, literally score over twenty five points on you in a playoff game. Right. Yeah, it just feels like Paul Pierce is Paul Pierce's biggest hype man. Yeah. At, at this point, and it's just there's a quote from from the movie Friday that I can't fully say on this podcast, but I believe it says something along the lines of "Why are you bringing up old S?" <laughs> <laughs> just just leave it be. You had a nice career. Let's, let's let's leave it alone. Let's play the game though, Sammy and John. If if Paul Pierce had the Heat roster in 06 and uh, the dynasty run with LeBron and Bosch, does he have more rings than Wade or the same? I think it's the same. And I say that, the reason I say that is not because I think Paul Pierce is as good as Wade. I just think LeBron was so good on those teams and Pierce could have done enough of a impersonation, even though it was different, his game was different than Wade, that there would have been enough collective talent 
to win those titles. Now, let me backtrack relative to the LeBron team. The 06 team that won with Shaq, I do not think Pierce would have won the title there. So I should I should divide this up, actually. With LeBron, he would have won the same amount of titles. The Shaq team, I don't think they would have beaten Dallas. I think he would have lost that series. That's, that's my thought here. So one less, actually. Has Dwayne Wade ever faked a serious injury and gotten rolled out in a wheelchair. <laughs> he actually got rolled out on a wheelchair. I, I actually correct my, I'm going to correct myself. He did. Do you guys remember this? I think it was a, I think he separated his shoulder. I'm think, I think it's, I think it was Dwayne Wade, but, but, but okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm like contradicting myself. I'm making, I'm weakening my own argument here. The reality is that Paul Pierce had tweaked his ankle or whatever it was. Stepped on a banana peel and then rolled out, got rolled out in a wheelchair, came back, and uh, be my Lakers. No, I, I mean I agree with you guys. Like, okay, Paul Pierce was a great player. I don't think anybody's denying that. He he only has one title. Wade has what? Three. 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 Yeah. And. I mean, I, I get the argument that like, but Paul Pierce played with KG, played with Ray Allen, he played with Rondo. John Rondo. It's mm -hmm. like, you can't act like he didn't play with, with the talent. He did. Maybe, mm -hmm. yeah, Wade was younger when he played with Shaq, but he was also kind of older when he played with LeBron. So it, I think ultimately, I think it balances out. Paul Pierce may have won one title with LeBron. I don't know if he would have won the same amount as, with, with, with Wade, though, it's not um, as Wade cool. did. So for sure, Wade. 100% in my book. I think I have to agree with the 06 take. He wouldn't, if Paul Pierce had that Heat team, he wouldn't have won it. But with Bosch and LeBron, there's a good chance he might have had those two championships with those squads. Yeah. All right, so we're all in agreement. Um, Paul Pierce, let's, let's not right. talk about stuff from 20 years ago again. Let's just leave it be. <laughs> And with that, we are going to take a break to hear from our sponsor. Are you tired of constantly losing your bets on unfair gambling apps? Our sponsor, Parlay Play, has the best lines to increase your chances at winning it big. Not only does it have great lines, it's also an awesome app with a community feel. Use code CLINICALLNBA for a deposit match up to $100 and a free $5 game on the house. They also have a new feature, Slide the Line, where users can raise or lower a line of their choosing. Pause the pod, get on your phone, and download the app now. All right, download that app indeed, and we will move on to yet another saga that seems to be coming up from the past again. Draymond and J Jordan Poole with new news this week, but more because now Jordan Poole's got the fam getting involved. So let's, let's take a look at what's going on here. On July 18th, Draymond, who's been making the uh, podcast rounds recently, ended up on Patrick Beverly's podcast and said, quote, I don't just hit people. Dialogue, of course, happens over time, and you usually ain't triggered some by something fat, that fast to that degree. You know what I'm saying? This is a team. Ain't nobody on my team triggering me in an instant. We know stuff you don't say amongst men. We know things you have to stand on. The day after, Jordan Poole did not respond to his credit. His dad did and said on Twitter, I'm stand on this. That's some BS. JP was his guy and he avoided me at all costs last year. He is as soft as a bee. 
and I'm standing on this and he didn't apologize to me and my wife. So he lame and me and him can meet anytime he want. To which Draymond responded and said, that's so cute. It's impossible <laughs> to avoid you in an arena for a year, champ. I gotta get my family from that family room every game. And stop using those words. They don't usually go over well amongst men. Finally, Draymond fell for a fake tweet later that day and responded to Kevin Garnett, who was maybe the last dude on the planet that I would say anything to. But a uh, Twitter account called the NBA Centel, which is an imitation of NBA Central, <laughs> said, quote, Draymond punching JP is like a senior punching a freshman who's half his size and then walks around talking himself up as if he's like that. Come at me, Dre. I'm Michael Jackson, you Tito. Exactly. And Draymond <laughs> said, I tried you when I was a rookie KG and you started talking to yourself like I wasn't talking to you. What's that like? The freshman picking on a senior citizen that's double his size. <laughs> Draymond later deleted that tweet. So. You lose. I'm going to start with our Warriors fan here. And I just want to ask, the hell is going on, JJ? T talk to me about this one. Okay. You just dropped a line from Friday where the great philosopher Smokey says, well, you got to bring up old stuff, right? Draymond doesn't need to bring anything up. He got the bag. He got his money. He has his team and he got Jordan Poole traded. So I don't know if this is just a move where he could say face about um, punching Jordan Poole. That's one side of it. But the other side, and I don't know if you guys agree with this, but can you people out there, if you use Twitter, can you just buy the premium version of Grammarly and grammar check <laughs> your tweets? Because... What says uh, Anthony Poole, Jordan Poole's dad? One of the top comments are people commenting on how he writes a tweet, which is <laughs> not the point, right? If I was Jordan, if I was Jordan Poole's dad, I would have came at it at a whole different light that attacks Draymond Green's character. I would have brought the Warriors into it. I would have brought his Hall of Fame legacy into it. I would have said something in the lines of disappointing, dot, 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 dot. You represent the Warriors, a team known for integrity, loyalty, respect, and class. And being the heart and soul of this team, you had to sucker punch my son as a Hall of Famer, as a father, as a husband and as a son, you should know better. You guys know me. Put on the kill trip instead of whatever this man posted. But that's just me. John, what do you think? <laughs> Draymond Green, is he uh, taking social media best practice? <laughs> Practices from Kevin, Kevin Durant or something? What's going on here? <laughs> He's... Uh, getting into it with NBA players' fathers, commenting on, on people's comments, getting into it with fake NBA tweets. NBA Central, <laughs> I gotta say, man, that was that's good. That had me going, too, because I looked at it and I said, 
Man, that like and the blue check mark. I mean, you give a blue check mark to anybody these days. That's that's legit. <laughs> All for eight dollars, right? man. And that, I know, man. Like, without the censorship, look what's happening, dude. <laughs> fake profiles everywhere. Sammy, you, you should feel good. You're not the only one that fell for a fake tweet and tweet in the last year. There you go. <laughs> I feel so, better. Um, yeah, man. I, I I think it's funny. I think it's it's uh, you know. The whole thing about like Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, like let it go, man. That ship mm-hmm. has sailed. It sailed a long time ago. He's not even on the the team anymore. Like who cares? Move on. If they were on the same right. team still, maybe I could understand them bringing this up, revisiting it. But it, to me, it's just clickbait. It's a lot of people just trying to bring up a story, trying to get views, clicks, engagement. But it, like. And then I can just imagine it now, right? 2024 season, 2023, 2024 season. Jordan Poole, like Wizards playing the Warriors. For no reason, no reason at all should that game be hyped up because the Warriors are going to absolutely do- demolish that team, right? Or at least they should demolish them. They should. But there's going to be so much conversation about Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. That's going to be the topic ad nauseum. And I get it, but at the same time, it's like, I'm kind of sick of it. Just, just move on. I feel like we're all feel that same way yeah I, I agree and it seemed like there's a consistent theme in our, our pod today of social media basically creating or extending beef that we don't even need to talk about anymore and like i get where draymond i've noticed he showed up on uh paul pierce's podcast recently or excuse me paul pierce uh paul george's podcast recently he did beverly's it's like they're making the rounds and i get it see all season but you're going to get asked about the same stuff over and over, especially when Jordan Poole showed up for the Wizards press conference looking like he was a member of the Night's Watch for Game of Thrones <laughs> reference for any of you out there who want it. Like, Excuse Poole's clearly not happy there. Me. He's got his contract, but... This is... John, you hit the nail on the head here. Like, they're going to play that game, and that's all that's going to get talked about. At least for part of it. And... You know what, let's, I think Draymond just needs to move on because the end of the day too, that incident puts him in a negative light more than anybody else. He's the one who made the mistake there. I think we'd all agree on that. He's the one who actually hit a teammate. And whether it should have been caught on video or not, it was, but like, just move on. You got your contract, pulls out of town. I don't think there's anything left to discuss there really, is there? Like, we don't need to rehash it at this point, do we? I will, I will say, like, I, I think it, it, it's, there's a possibility, too, that it maybe it goes beyond the actual, what, the incident. I do think that from, from players that are able, that know how to market themselves, that know how to stay in the news, that know how to stay relevant, I think, I feel like Draymond is intelligent when it comes to that. And by doing these things, staying on social media, engaging with fans, commenting, being controversial, I think he knows how to stay relevant. And, you know, admittedly, you have to look at Draymond as a basketball player, and he is declining, right? He's declining from the Warriors when they were in 2015, 2016. He's not the same player that he was. I think JJ would, be, would, would admit that, would be the first to admit that, but, like, he knows how to stay in the news. He knows how to stay relevant. You're talking about him. We're talking about him. So I think, I think there, some of that plays into this as well. well. One question, John and Sammy, before we move on. Is there any reason, and I kind of want to talk about this because we probably have listeners that are young and I don't want to condone violence, but would you guys think that there's any reason to retaliate physically if someone says something to you? 
I mean, yeah, I, I feel like you should you should never resort to violence, but I feel like there are times I would say I would say that you can't really maybe not justify it, but you can provide rationale behind it, right? Like if somebody were to just an example, it didn't happen, but if somebody were to insult somebody that passed away in your family like recently, that is obviously crossing the line. And you can, in that moment, right, you could probably understand why somebody would physically try to do harm to that other person that said that. Now, I'm not saying I don't condone that, but what I'm saying is that you can probably, at, at, at very least, understand where that person's coming from. Right? Does that kind of track with you guys? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, it would take a lot for something to escalate from warts to physicality like that, but I'm sure there are extreme examples. But overall, it's just to me, especially when you're someone who's worth as much financially and has as much on the line, you have to take that into consideration as well, right? I mean, because you've got more to lose. And yeah. Draymond looks like, interestingly enough, with how this all played out, Draymond's actually walking away from it pretty clean. Like, he really didn't take that big a hit. Well, and I wonder if, like, in, it's always... in, hi in hindsight. No, he didn't. You're right. But it's because, and not to interrupt, sorry to interrupt, but no, it's please. because of the, it's because of the results. It's True. like when, when somebody gets fouled in the air and they land on the ground, but they don't, they didn't get severely hurt. There's mm -hmm. a good chance that it's not going to be a flagrant, but if it was a hard foul, but if it's a hard foul or a foul that is, that seems hard and the guy lands on the ground and he's like writhing in pain and looks like he got shot by like six bullets, then they're going <laughs> to call like a flagrant two. Yeah. Right. So That's if, a good Jordan, if Jordan Poole had a serious injury or had like, True. God forbid, brain damage, I'm pretty sure Draymond would see the full extent of the punishment. That's very true. True. Very true. All right. Well, I think with that, that's actually all we have for today. I want to thank you both for being on here as we get through these hot summer nights waiting for the season to get started. Uh, JJ, as always, thank you for being on. Thank you, everybody. She knows she loved Jay because... John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a great night. I'm Detective John. All right, and uh, I want to shout out our, our missing host tonight, Ro, who will hopefully be back on the next episode, and RJ, our video producer, as always. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it, at Clinic All NBA. <laughs> I'm Sammy Neighbor. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts.